0: Uh, you know, man, I don't know that I can do this guy anymore. I don't. It's it's getting bad. It's already gotten bad. This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Anthony for three! Bang! That one goes this, this one goes by Manningley! Oh, hang on to the no, RJ Barrett does it again oh, from down. He is just tearing the Orioles apart. It's good! Oh. It's good. Randall gets the bounce! And yeah. he Creates. Creates, and showing some dexterity as well All with the left hand. All right, what's happening, everybody? What's going on? Welcome to the show. I am your host R.J. Carbone. and you are listening to or maybe watching BD4. Episode 345 of the podcast tonight. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on the many platforms that we are on. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Google Podcasts, Anchor, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Breaker, Overcast, Castro, you know... The many listening platforms. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube. And you can also list, uh, watch the podcast on Spotify. Um, you can subscribe. Download the episodes. And if you want to follow me on social media. Be sure to do that. Find me on Facebook at RJ Carbone. Find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. I'm very active on both of those accounts. I also write a blog. I write for Ultimate Sports Network. If you go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com Once again, that is ultimatesportsnetworks.com And once you're on the page, there should be a search bar. Enter the Bomber Bocker blog and you'll find mine. The Bomber Bocker blog. And if you want to subscribe using code 6 a two eight four one. E R J C. Once again, subscribe to the Bomber blog using code six A two eight four one E R J C. You will get a discount seven ninety on a month. Um, access to every single full article. A discount on your merch that you purchase. You get the Bomber blog wall tapestries. And we got more to come. Alright, whoa, excuse me, um, goddamn, (laughs) so that's it, get that out of the way, I have a friggin' paper to finish, so after I finish recording this, I gotta finish writing some bullshit paper for class, I'm so done with it, man, like, it's just useless stuff, it's like, first of all, I don't even like what I, like, my, my major is communication, I guess that's like on try. I want to be like I don't even want to, like I want to do something in the future with what I'm doing here, sports journalism, maybe sports, you know, um, an analyst, analysis. You know what I mean? Something like that. Maybe writing, like, but like communications, I guess is the path. But the the shit I learn. Some of it some classes have been useful but like I don't want to write a short sto- write an analysis of some short story that has nothing to do with what I want to do like it's just I'm so over it man and I'm so ready to get my degree and get the hell out of there and um yeah it's so fucking pointless I'm sorry so much of school is so useless and I'm coming on here to rant about the Knicks yet here I am talking about uh, college so, we're going to talk about the Knicks. Yes, uh, this is uh, going to be a recap of, of their most recent game against the Utah Jazz. <laughs> we're to, uh, we'll go over that game, talk about some things, some more theatrics last night with our pal. And um, yeah. So, again, guys, if you are new here, welcome to the show. You are listening to or maybe watching BD4 where there is no better way. To get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, we also do MMA now too on the weekends. Yankees every series, Knicks every game, MMA on the weekends. I know, I um, it's hard for me to. Like, we're we're still going to talk about MMA, but it's one of those like since I'm fairly new to it, I hopped on in 2020. It's hard for me to really get into it, not into it. I'm into it more than any other sport, to be honest with you. It's hard for me to really discuss it here solo on the podcast. Because I'm still very new, you know. So that's why I don't do a lot of MMA content. As much as I like. Um, Because it's hard, really, really difficult for me to come on here and talk about it for for even 20 minutes plus. Because I don't don't know what to say. I'm still new. It's much easier for me to discuss MMA when I have guests on the show. And, you know, we'll have occasional guests. You'll see the... uh, some uh, you know, some of my buddies will come on the show, my cousin. So it's much easier to talk MMA when, when they're joining me. But solo, it's very hard and very difficult to do. So maybe we'll talk some more MMA in the future. Uh, we got to see. We're not done. We got a lot to do in terms of MMA. But hopefully we can get some more guests on. Um, maybe this weekend we can get some on for you guys and we'll talk some more MMA. But yeah, I just wanted to kind of give an update there because I know I have not been covering much MMA this year. Um, we covered the, the first two fights to the first two cards. We have the, the Fight Night card to start the year off and then we covered the Francis Ngannou Sierra Gan fight. and We also did the, the Moreno card too. So, I guess three. but We did miss the Kobe Covington Jorge Masvidal. Didn't go over that here on the show and we also haven't discussed London yet. But we might talk about it. We'll see. Uh, hopefully the next pay-per-view I can have, I'm definitely going to try to get some guests on for the next pay-per-view event, and then we'll, we'll, you know, start ramping up the MMA episode, so don't worry. That all said, that all out of the way, let's head to our first break, and when we get back, we'll start with the N- uh, the NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day, and then we'll get to the Knicks, because we've got some things to discuss, all right? Stay with us, we'll be right back. Hey guys, so I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone, Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Alright, welcome back to the show. Once again, I am your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 345 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, we also do MMA now too. Yankees every series, Knicks every game, MMA on the weekends. Let's start this up, guys. Let's get to our NYY, NYK MMA question of the day, to warm up our brains, and we'll get started from there. So, for this episode 345, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. Say that again. Our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day is Who was the last Nick to win Defensive Player of the Year and what year? All right. Who was the last player, the last Nick to win Defensive Player of the Year and what year? All right, so one last time, our NYY NYK MMA question of the day for episode 345. Who was the last Nick to win Defensive Player of the Year and what year? All right, so let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you can reach me on social media or one of the podcast platforms, maybe YouTube, you can come. Anywhere, 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 anywhere that you can reach me, let me know the answer. If you get it correct, I'll give your handle. Uh, your social media, if you have a podcast, anything you want me to shout out, I'll give it a shout out in the next episode. Um, if you do attempt to answer but get it incorrect, well, I'll at least let you know what the correct answer is in the next episode. That all out of the way, let's let's get to this Knicks game. Um, yeah. So last night the Knicks took on the Jazz, and again the they lose. Uh, final score one hundred eight to ninety three you know it was another game that uh, continues to prove me right not to sound like a douchebag but i've been sa- i mean i've been saying fellas you know for for over a month now i've been saying that this team needs to to get it to like to get their shit together and realize that they have no shot at getting into the play-in. you know some of us get so fooled by one victory a two game win streak This team is not it. They're not that team. Okay, they have now 11 games remaining in the regular season. And they are five games out. So it's getting closer and closer to them being mathematically limited. But that shouldn't have to be the case. We should have cut the shit a while ago. This team is now 30-41. They're 30-41, okay? So even if somehow they defy the basketball gods and magically make the play-in, they're not going anywhere. They're 30 and 41. They're not making the play-in. It has been time. It has been time to start prepping for next season. These prospects won't improve with zero playing time. The only way they improve is if you play them. So the game itself, I'm not even worried about the game itself. I just, again, it's the same few matters that I have problems with, and we'll touch on it. But the game starts out well. You know, for those of you still looking for wins, the game starts out well. Fournier continues his hot shooting in the first quarter. He keeps the Knicks in it. And the Knicks keep it competitive throughout the game. They do. Uh, Three point shooting is mostly the reason that they are competitive in this one. But once again, in the very end, the Knicks fold. Uh, defensively, they got. Kind of torn apart by a couple of players. Jordan Clarkson had a big first half with 18 of his 23 points. Donovan Mitchell dropping a very casual 36.8 rebound, 6 assist night. Showing the Knicks what a true leader is. What a true star is. A true closer looks like. I mean, he scores 13 points in the fourth quarter. He was showing great leadership too. Throughout the entire night, being very vocal with his team and coaching them up. And on the court, he's just getting to the line. He's knocking down three-point shots off the dribble. He's working the pick-and-roll with Gobert. If we trapped him in the pick-and-roll, he'd make the swing pass. Just being continuously dominant. And it was so easy for him to do. Rudy Gay. I didn't even know this kid was still in the league, this man. He had a good night, I he had 13 points, but he, you know, most of his shots, he was knocking them down from three. The Knicks get out-rebounded 49-37. to Gobert played a big part in that. 14 points in the paint, nine rebounds, four blocks. Whiteside playing a role in the Jazz paint domination with five boards, three blocks, and 15 minutes of play. The Knicks were just killed in the paint. They had only 26 points. 26 points in the paint. They were blocked 11 times. They shot below 50% down there. Which, which is the league average for r- the restricted area field goal percentage is 65%. So, killed in the paint. But of course, again, in the very end... It's really Randall. It's Thibodeau giving us the usual once again. And that, to me, was our storyline in this game. Shocker, huh? We'll get to it. Let's get to one more quick break. And I want to talk about Randall and Thibodeau when we get back. Stay with us. Just sent me a text a quote from cashman saying we feel we did well and we feel like we are a good a good team we feel we are a good team <laughs> i'm like well yeah no shit no shit you're a good team that's the problem you feel like you're a good team you should feel like you're a world series winning team <laughs> you should feel like you're about to tear off the roof of everything I'm like no a good team i'm like yeah there's our problem right there guys have this content mentality all right let's get to it welcome back to the show episode 345 of bd4 if you are new here be sure to subscribe be sure to follow me on social media all that stuff it's either on the screen if you are watching as you can see or if you're listening to the show it should be in my just in the description of the episode it's on my page you know you all know how to fucking reach me So let's talk about this game. Let's talk about why I'm very frustrated again, but not surprised. Right? Shocker. Late in the game. Okay. Late in this game. Let me just make sure I'm all set up here on the screen. All right. Late in the game, the Knicks are down 12 points entering the fourth quarter. Um, Randall checks out late third, top of the fourth, and the kids are now all in. Okay. So the Nick youth, they're in the game, and they go on this big run, this pretty decent run, to cut that 12-point lead down to four. Quickly is, is on the floor. He's getting into the paint, getting to the line, distributing, running the offense. He had four more assists last night to zero turnovers. He's coming off of screens. He's doing his his thing, right? Eight points of his 16 points come in the fourth quarter. Obi Toppin also played very well alongside quickly. He's playing some defense. He's giving you offensive production, scoring in the usual ways that he does in leakouts. He scored nine points, and five of those nine points came in the fourth quarter. There was that one leak out Obi had where I don't know if quickly got the rebound, but he had the ball, and then he threw the outlet to Obi, and he throws it down. This cuts the lead deficit, down to four points with five minutes and change remaining. You could feel the momentum shift. You could feel the volume in the building increase. The energy from the crowd was nuts. The team was rolling. They were rolling at the time. Not 20 seconds after that play, not 20 seconds later, that unit checks out. Thibodeau pulls quickly. Obi comes off the floor. And in comes his favorites, Randall Fournier. From there, the Jazz pull away and the Knicks lose. I mean, it is again and again and again and again that we see the same problem. The same BS substitution patterns stuttering over my words. The same substitution patterns. Despite the same mediocre, less than mediocre, results. Checking the starters back into the game to close it out. Every night he does the same thing. And they always play the entire third quarter. It's like, what the fuck? But here it is. And this is why, you know, this is why Knicks fans laugh at some of you people when you make this big noise about Thibodeau being so innocent. Like, we know, we know what we're talking about. Because we are the ones who sit on the couch every night and watch this team for a couple of hours every other night. So don't tell us that we're crazy. When the world knows you aren't sitting on the couch watching this team on a game-to-game basis, the world knows that. You're not watching the Knicks. So, and we understand, like... I understand some of it is talent. The way the roster is constructed... Okay, the front office definitely deserves so much shit. Okay, they probably deserve the most shit. But don't tell me that is where it stops. Because plenty of times this season, the Knicks were either matching their opponent in talent better than their opponent in talent, or at least very close to matching their opponent in talent. Yet, they blow a big lead because of Thibodeau, And his substitution patterns. Um, If I can think back. they, they They did this to a tanking OKC team. A couple of weeks ago. A tanking Portland Trailblazers team. Same thing. The old man Lakers. They did it to. The Nets. And this was in a game where the Nets had nobody on the floor. Their entire team was out. KD was still hurt at the time. Kyrie couldn't play because it was a a New York game. Harden was just traded. Blew that lead. Same thing against the Suns without Chris Paul, without Booker. That right there is is not the team. That's the coach. And checking Randall back in, it's like, why? I mean, this guy was struggling mightily, pathetically, all night long. He was 6-for-21 from the floor, so on one side he was bad offensively, and on the other side, he may as well have sat at the half-court line and just watched the team play defense without him because he gave you zero effort defensively once again. Watching this guy play transition defense, putting his hands on his side, at his side, it's disgusting. He jogs. That's the most you'll see. He'll jog, and he won't even put a hand up to contest yet somehow some way you still knew that Randall was coming back out there to conclude the game and he did he comes in with Fournier and immediately the Utah Jazz go on this 12-0 run not a coincidence randall smokes an easy wide open layup fournier picks up a bad take foul a bad foul randall gets that turnover Right, he gets pickpocketed, he picks up a take foul, and it all goes downhill from there. And if the excuse is that you wanted quickly to get some more rest before you checked him back in in the final few minutes when the game was already over, then you should have given him that rest earlier so he could be in this closing lineup. So that's horseshit. It wasn't only IQ and, and Obi who I was frustrated with not seeing them conclude. Quinton Grimes, I know the stats weren't great, but he played some great defense. He forced the Jazz into some pretty, you know, poor possessions. But he doesn't last. I felt that RJ, once again, for a good portion of this game, I felt like he was hitting his shots, but he was forced most of the game to spend his time in the corners relegated to being this kickout option. We're seeing it again, the last week plus. Randall's ego is taking a hit. He wants the offense to be ran through him. And Tibbs lets him. He gives him free reign. The offense, though, it looks so much smoother, so much better, much more continuity when R.J. Barrett runs it. Versus when Julius Randle runs offense. When Barrett runs offense, it looks so much better, man. And these are not things you can always measure on the stat sheets. Though I'm sure they probably agree with Barrett, regardless. But it's simple matters like creating much better open looks when RJ initiates offense. Um, faster play. We know RJ has been better and better as the year goes on in transition. We don't have to worry about the uh, the the ball sticking in RJ's hands when it gets to him, and him having to force you know an ISO action in the post. Not with RJ, you're seeing, not not like he's a passing machine, but he makes much quicker decisions than one Randall. It's just very it's very it's very frustrating to have to deal with on a nightly basis, and then after the game. I don't even know why I watch these anymore, but having to sit there and watch Tibbs moan the same BS in his pressers, talking about how you have to earn your minutes and how everything is merit-based, right? That's how he runs the rotation. Apparently, it's merit-based. But then he goes out there the very next game, and he never, ever practices what he preaches, ever. And he's gotten worse with this as the season has gone on. Really, as the season has progressed, uh, Tibbs has regressed. And I, it's also not only the fact that we don't have a point guard. I get that's a problem, but getting you know Malcolm Brogdon or Jalen Brunson, whoever's out there in in, in the off season, Jaden Ivey in the draft, whoever. That's not going to magically make this team. Much better. You know, because as long as Thibodeau is here, Randall is still gonna be the guy. His playbook is still gonna be very limited offensively. And there's no guarantee that these veterans get traded by next season. So they're most likely gonna be ran out there once again. You know, I'm not sure so many people want these guys. Who's to say there are any GMs out there? Maybe Burks, but Noel. Nobody wants that contract right now. After seeing it, I mean, it's just so frustrating because you can't really, like, you can't really figure out a way to make it work with this guy. Like I've been saying, I didn't expect this Knicks team to be great this year, but I did expect them to be a little better than thirty and forty-one. You know, I thought they could have they could have had a little better of a shot. They could be at least near five hundred if not over. You know? It's weird, man. Randall, Barrett, they could be a little better together. Like, it feels like we can make, can we not generate better looks for Randall? So he's not given this freedom to jack up contested jumpers. He had zero free throw attempts last night. Or even take dumb shots at the rim over Gobert, which he continuously did last night. Screen Randall some more. Fade him in the pick and pop often. Run him and RJ in some more actions together, whether it be in pick and roll or whatever. Play him and Obi Toppin. As we have obviously discussed time and time again this year, more in that small ball lineup. But he's so reluctant to do so because he likes having bigs down there. It's just like, between the the lineups and, again, your lack of a playbook, it could be so much better. And not to take all the credit away from Thibodeau's brilliant 2020 season or 2021, but a lot of those guys, I was listening to the show and they made an excellent point, so this is not me saying it. I want to give credit. Um, it was Knicks Fan TV. I was listening to their show last night. They were saying how a lot of those guys last year, they were playing on con- for contracts, right? Randall, Burks, Noel, all of them, they were all tremendous last season, right? Obviously Randall, the open gym king, he went off, had a historic season, but Noel was huge as a stopgap while Mitch went down, getting those blocks leading to transition buckets. One of the number one reasons that this defense was what it was last year. Burks was Mr. Fourth Quarter last season, right? He was playing in his natural role. But now it's just different. And a lot of Tibbs' issues still existed last season, but they were just masked. They were in disguise because a lot of those guys were playing above their heads, right? Remember, this is a head coach who ran Alfred Payton out there for all 82 games last year. He even started him in the Atlanta series before he came to his senses. Peyton finally gets moved to another team and he's stashed at the, at the end of the bench like an actual great coach, Monty Williams, would do. I think even with CP3 out, Peyton's barely getting run. Because they recognize that he's not an NBA point guard. So he just it's just tiring because... Dibido never holds anybody accountable. Like he makes it seem. And I'm sure after Randall's 75th fiasco of the season last night, that it'll be just like the rest of them, brushed under the rug and hopefully 40 more minutes of point forward on um, on Tuesday night. So So let's get to that whole thing too. We'll get to that whole thing to wrap up the second part of the show. Because we've got some... Some some shit to discuss uh, about this whole Randall uh, his latest tantrum. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD Four on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five star rating and a review if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD Four on Apple Podcasts. Give us a 5-star rating and review. Thank you. Hey guys. I hope you're enjoying this episode. But first, I also want to let you know I have another blog. The blog I'm writing for is on UltimateSportsNetworks.com titled The Bomber Bokker Blog. If you want to go subscribe to this blog, you should do so using my promo code 6A2841ERJC. Using that, you'd get a discount $7.99 a month to get the best Knicks and Yankees opinionated content around. Once again, guys, the Bomber Bocker blog on Ultimate using promo code 6 a 2841 erjc seven ninety nine a month. A custom wall tapestry is a surefire way to uplift any room's aesthetics with a personal touch. This one hundred percent polyester wall tapestry comes with hemmed edges for extra durability while it's mildew and water resistant properties ensure years worth of decorating bliss. The advanced tapestry printing techniques guarantee crisp detail even for the craziest of designs In any of the multiple size choices. You can select a size of 26 by 36 inches, 51 by 60, 68 by 80, and 88 by 104. These wall tapestries usually ship in seven to 10 business days and the price ranges from $24.99 to $69.99, all dependent on the size you select. The Bomber Bocker blog wall tapestries come in orange, gray, and black. But most importantly, be sure when purchasing a wall tapestry for the Bomber Bocker blog that you use promo code 6A2841E. RJC 682841 ERJC Just go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and click on the shop MVP tab searching the bomber balker blog and there you have it Okay welcome back to the show once again, you are listening to BD4, Episode 345. So, <clears throat> last night, you know, during the action, Julius Randle and, and Rudy Gobert were playing a little physical. Right? Randle was throwing some elbows. Gobert had a couple of aggressive fouls. Back and forth for a bit. You get to the end of the game, when the Knicks are down 15 points, or whatever it was with about 10 seconds or less to go. Game's over. Randall and Gobert just, you know, standing under the, uh, the restricted area on the other end, waiting for the final whistle of blow or the horn. And then Gobert comes over to Randall, you know, puts his arm around him, tries to calm him down, basically telling him, hey, it's all good, man, right? Trying to shake hands like a man and make peace. Like men do. Just like every single NBA player does at the end of a game. Right? We see it all the time. They put whatever in-the-moment feud they have aside. They shake hands. They greet. They hug. Swap jerseys. Whatever the fuck they do. We see it all the time. Right? Great. Randall responds by getting all emotional, getting super sensitive. And just like shoves him away. And then he starts... Chirping at him. And Gobert's just sitting there so confused. He's like, what the fuck? I was just trying to make amends here, pal. He was just... He was kind of just... Taken aback. Like, what did I do wrong? I'm just trying to be cool again. Then RJ tries to come calm him down. And Randall, like... Barges right through. Walks right past RJ. Turns his back. And he starts bitching at somebody. I don't know. who. Maybe the officials. Then Obi tries doing the same thing. He comes over... Tries to give him a handshake or whatever. Randall shoves his ass away very quickly, very aggressively. And then he sulks his way to the locker room with his head down, his little puss face on. And, excuse me. And that was that. And man, I am just so, so sick and tired of this whole act, man. I am so sick of it. I am so exhausted from it. I cannot wait for the day where I do not have to watch this man play for my basketball team. He is such an emotional, sensitive, entitled little brat who thinks he's way bigger than he actually is. You you are a nobody anywhere else. Any decent team, and you are a role-playing number three option. He walks around like he's the man of the city. He blames everybody but himself all the time. His teammates are getting fingers pointed at him when he skips a rotation. The refs have to deal with his constant shit. Because he thinks he's either getting fouled or not fouling the opposer. He's getting into arguments with his coaches. He's ignoring teammates when they fall to the ground. He's... You know, once again last night we saw another example of him isolating himself at the end of the bench while the team is in their huddle. I also saw a clip of last night's game when they were coming out of the tunnel. Every single other, every other Nick was given high fives to fans. Randall just runs right through. Little kids there too. (laughs) But hey, at least he showed up and he spoke to the media this time, right? So so props to him there. Although he did lie about what happened when asked about it. This guy sucks, man. He sucks. He's the worst. I'm just so ready to get him out of here. He, he's just so fake. And it's like, where's that tough guy energy? Out on the court. I mean, you've been playing absolutely terrible basketball. You gave up on defense you think you better you think you are better than you are offensively you're awful nobody likes you here pal nobody likes no fan in new york i would say 90 something percent uh, let's go 90% and give him the benefit of the doubt dislike you go away even breen and clyde have started to jump on randall this guy really is the king of the open gym fans come back into the stands You saw it starting in the postseason last year. He turns into a pumpkin. Starts to face a little bit of adversity, a little pushback, and he melts. He throws tantrums. I am so out on this clown, and I need him gone. So I'll I'll be be driving him to the airport. I'll go and get my license, and I'll drive him to the airport the day he is traded. And I, I think that comes eventually. I do not think he lasts five more seasons here on his contract. You can't make it work. I don't know how anybody could make excuses for this guy. This is not a leader. This is not a good teammate. This guy has continuously showed how much of a toxic player he is to this organization. These aren't things that you can appreciate you know, and say, Oh, well, I love his fire and desire. No. You know why? Because he's not playing well. And he's lashing out at the wrong people. This isn't leadership. And he points fingers. This is a coward. This is a coward who afraid who is afraid to admit that he's not the one. It's like when you're like when you're in an argument and you're so deep into the argument but you find out that you are incorrect the entire time but you want to keep going because you don't want to make a fool out of yourself, that's that's what Randall feels like right now. He's he, He's been known that he's been in the wrong this entire time, but he wants to keep playing this bad guy role. You know, he wrote the whole thing in the Players' Tribune about how he loves this city, blah, blah, blah. And it's like now if he comes out after being this asshole all season long... And you know, reverts back to that it's just it'll make him look like a hypocritical cr- a clown, although he's already looking like a clown right now. I just I, I can't wait to the day he's gone. him and his sensitive little wife who's bitching on Twitter about about the Knicks fans like get this family out of here man. I'm so done with all of them. but um as far as the Knicks go, <laughs> at least it was um no, I, I don't even know what's to salvage it. at least quickly looks good. He looks much better lately. Um, RJ was a mixed bag last night. But again, 24 points, that's good that we're calling that a mixed bag. So there are your couple of positives. But Randall's got to go. I cannot wait until the day he's gone. I will be praying to the basketball gods that that happens. That's it. Thank you for tuning into the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. That's all we've got for this one. I'll see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.